Levin was customarily regarded as a symbol for corruption and evil. Jesus here employs it in a positive sense. That makes his use of the image striking and provocative. To compare God's imperial rule to leaven is to compare it to something corrupt and unholy, just the opposite of what God's rule is supposed to be. This reversal appears to be characteristic of several of Jesus' sayings, such as, the last will be first and the first last. The fellows included the parable of the leaven in that small group of sayings and parables that almost certainly originated with Jesus. The seminar's goal of determining what Jesus said is a worthy one. Its concern to locate Jesus in his own historical context is similarly worthy. However, it is also essential to study that historical context. And here, all the good intention in the world cannot compensate for indigestible results. When heard in its own context, the parable of the leaven can be subversive. But what it subverts is not the image of the holy. The leaven should get a rise out of its hearers. But in order to experience this, we need to clean our palates of both the bland white bread interpretations and the toxic ones as well. Initial crumbs, both tasty and not. Most interpretations of the parable of the leaven, like interpretations of most parables, are obvious and uninteresting. For this parable, we hear comments such as, Out of the most insignificant beginnings, invisible to human eye, God creates his mighty kingdom, which embraces all the peoples of the world. Or, As yeast works to leaven the dough, so the growth of the kingdom is inevitable. Or, Just as few converts, like yeast, can work to convert the entire population. Or, God's rule, like yeast, working in a hidden way, will pervade one's life, giving it a new quality. We do not need a parable to tell us that the divine kingdom is mighty, and there are better ways of assuring us that the kingdom will come. Leaven is not, in fact, invisible. Leaven in antiquity is what we today call sourdough starter. Nor is it insignificant. It is essential for baking. The idea of the leavened dough as embracing all peoples creates for me a mixed metaphor in which I picture Streganona's spaghetti pot overflowing into the streets and choking the population. The idea of the divine rule as permeating one's life is good, albeit with an individualistic focus that runs contrary to the concerns of Jesus as best as they can be determined, given his interest in community. Nor does the reading give any sense of either what this internal rule is or how it manifests itself. If the parable says that acknowledging God means you'll be a better person, again, the point may be true, but it is by no means shocking. Although the various allegorical moves, the dough represents the entire world, the dough represents the individual, are all plausible, none is compelling. Such interpretations leave little to chew on or to savor. Rather than catch in the throat, a matter that really is something of life and death, bland interpretations slide easily down the gullet and pass quickly through the body.
Such white bread servings can already be made tastier by attention to how else bread functions in Jesus' teachings. Give us this day our daily bread. The phrase from the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, Matthew chapter 6 verse 11, confer Luke chapter 11 verse 3, speaks to several Jewish concerns, from the view that, as God fed us in the wilderness with manna, Exodus chapter 16, Numbers chapter 11, Deuteronomy chapter 8, so God will continue to provide for our needs, to the image of the world to come as a giant banquet in which people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 13 verse 29, comparing Matthew chapter 8 verse 11. The term translated daily, Greek epiusion, has a connotation of for tomorrow or for the future, and that complements the idea of